I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, Bun Buddies, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by Ultimate Tabletop Network. I'm your host, Zal Zane, and with me is my partner and webmistress, Weekend at Kim's. Weekend at Kim's. This week, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 11, Weekend at Mort's, enjoying a mushroom-packed I've Created a Munster Burger, and testing our knowledge with trivia. Let's get on with the episode. Woo! Kim, do you have... Some airing information for us? Weekend at Mort's aired on May 8th, 2011. It was written by Scott Jacobson and directed by Anthony Chu. It has an average rating on IMDb of 8 out of 10. Well, that's pretty good. Pretty Better than solid. last episode. I think last yeah. episode was 7.1, wasn't it? 7.7. They generally fluctuate between a 7.5 and, and an 8.5. Here is the synopsis. Bob and the family are forced to spend the weekend at Mort the Mortician's. Linda and Bob double date with Mort and a female mortician he meets online leaving tina to babysit gene and louise also i just have to point out i just realized that i mean not by reading that but from the episode that his name is mort the mortician yeah like why did it take me 11 episodes to get there <laughs> this is like shish kebab all over again i'm sure teddy is short for something tedrick teddy, yep the ted struction worker <laughs> I think he's a carpenter. Carpenter? <laughs> Get out of here. The episode is named after the 1989 movie Weekend at Bernie's. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. All right. Well, let me give you a little taste of what the 80s had as far as movies go. Give me a little kissy of it. Give, <laughs> give you a little kissy. Stop that. Break so me here... off a piece of that movie. <laughs> Break you off a sweet, sweet ki- kissy of that movie. This is the synopsis of Weekend at Birdies. And if any of our listeners are the the definitive 80s kids, you know how fucked up some 80s movies were. Like, now going back and looking. Two salesmen go to a boss's posh beach house. They've discovered that the boss has committed fraud, and the boss knows that they know about it and plans to assassinate them. It backfires, and the boss is killed instead. But the two salesmen don't want to ruin their vacation so they pretend that he's alive and marionette a dead body and this is a horror movie nope it's a comedy oh boy it is straight up a comedy and apparently did so well they made a weekend at bernie's too same body same guy same guy yeah it's still bernie the guy who plays uh bernie is a pretty well-known 80s actor oh before he got into politics it's not bernie sanders get lost Um, the guy who plays Bernie, whose name I can't recall right now, but apparently he did a lot of the body work. They rarely used a stuntman or a, like, a dummy. So That's these, pretty cool. Yeah, so these two actors had to carry around a guy playing dead for the entirety of the filming. At least he was a trim, light-looking guy. I don't know, he looks like a, you know, like late 30s early 40s businessman so corpulent yeah do we have any first appearances this episode stop trying to feed me the podcast you can just edit not if you don't say the things you can just edit we'll add it in post (laughs) there are some obvious reoccurring characters this episode uh we get to see hugo return Mm -hmm. and of course jimmy pesto rasta jimmy (laughs) rasta jimmy it's nice to see jimmy pesto two episodes in a row like be the primary i don't want to say villain antagonist yeah maybe? antagonist is a better word but the first appearance of samantha who... first and only appearance of samantha if you know what i mean because you think mort's gonna kill her i don't think so mort is not a serial killer you're the one who said that he was a couple of episodes back <laughs> okay maybe he is 
Samantha is voiced by famous comedian Amy Sedaris, who does the voice of Princess Caroline in BoJack Horseman, and also is Peli Molto from The Mandalorian. Oh! Yeah! That's she's, cool. Yeah, she's the cool mechanic with the little droids, the little piss androids. Oh, the one who dated a Jawa and yes. was upset about him being furry. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, her. And she's great in this episode. I'm I'm glad that they bring in, I mean, we'll see over and over and over again that they bring in like some real, real good star quality comedians in the show, do voices. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's the only first appearance. That's very cool. Well, so what was on the store next door? So the store next door, the opening gags, we have Bass Drum Emporium, the only 24-hour bass drum store. In town. In town. Oh, that was delightful. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, not as good as the Raccoon Sanctuary. But pretty good. 24-hour drum stores like our neighbors upstairs, but don't don't. Let's hope they never hear this. <laughs> they won't. They're not cool enough. And of course. Yep. Van Watch. The saga continues with the Exterminator Van. Rats all, folks. Dung dung. <laughs> Is that the part of Law and Order that you put in? Maybe. I just want the dung dung part. <laughs> You gotta listen to the episodes then. (laughs) So yes, Van Watch 2011 or 2022. I can never remember what we actually decided upon. I think because we're watching it now, it's uh, this year that we're watching. Okay, Van Watch 2022 continues. Mm-hmm. Um, and we move on to the episode. We cut to the interior of the restaurant. And the kids are staring at a mysterious spot on the wall. It is green in color. Uh, each of the kids have their own sort of theories. Tina thinks it is a pickle slice, but furry, mm-hmm. which is possible. I could see kids whipping pickles at it until it furs. Right? Yeah, just sticking it to the wall. Louise says it's a message from someone or something trying to warn us about someone or something, which I thought was very the new, what is it, New Jersey media. Medium? I gotta look it up now. Oh, I'm gonna make that joke. You know, I really gotta, I gotta sample the scary music sound effects and stingers from this episode. Then I can save them for our other episodes whenever we say something crazy. That's cool. That's good. I like that. Louise theorizes that it's a message from someone or something trying to warn us about something or someone a la Long Island Medium. She's like really getting into spooky, supernaturally stuff. I don't know if that's just an ongoing thing for her, but last episode she had that voodoo book. Now she talks about ghosts and zombies. And then, of course, we have Jean, who thinks it's a booger. You know, I was kind of curious. What do you think a mold would try to tell them? Or do you think it would, like, mold its way into being a Jesus mold and sell for a million dollars? That was like a trend for a really long time. There were a lot of places that were having Jesus appear on everything. Toast, I think a tortilla, the wall was like a watermark on the side of a building. And then the world went bad and we haven't had one since. (laughs) The world broke broke bad. (laughs) What would a green mold tell me? Probably not to eat in this restaurant. Or maybe we can look at it like it's a Rorschach test. I know what that is. Yeah, what is it? Inkblot test. Yeah, it's an inkblot test. Yeah, I learned that from The Watchmen and also real life. (laughs) I mean, The Watchmen's pretty much real life. Oh, yeah. Stopped being a movie and started being a documentary. Right. Very quickly. Except there's no tentacle vagina monster at the end. Although, we haven't read... Not in the movie either. Yeah, there's not in the movie. In the comic book, there's a very vaginal tentacle monster. Very vaginal. We're not at the end of our our world yet, so who knows? Maybe we will get attacked by a tentacle vagina monster. Let's have to wait and see. (sighs) 
women gonna kill us all yeah i hope so my one hope is that at least we come out on top even if it's just briefly there is a discourse over the booger with one of the customers bob says it's not a booger gene says let him you don't tell him what to think and then the customer goes it's not a booger and gene screams at him <laughs> yep that was pretty great that Gene is drawing in everybody around him into his nonsense. Yeah. Tina mentions that it's getting bigger. Louise says, it knows what we're thinking. So again, this, I know that Louise is probably just being like a shit and trying to rile up the family as she likes to do. But it's interesting that it always seems to come from the outer dimension. The spooky dimension from the future. Trying to warn us about someone or something. <laughs> Bob, of course, says, I hope it's not green mold. And we immediately cut to Hugo. Yay, Hugo. Hugo. Who says, who says it's green mold, which is common in a beach town and filthy, disgusting, poorly managed restaurant. Wow. Did not literally on the screen for five seconds and is already ripping Bob a new butthole. Putting him on blast. Putting him on green mold blast. Ugh, blasting him with mold. <laughs> yeah. Bob asks him if he needs to be here, and Hugo just says he got mold certified, and that in a month he's going to be cleared for vermin. You know, Linda seems genuinely happy for him in this moment. I, I have like, the, oh, good job. I have that note as well, that even though Linda, it's, and, you know, Bob and Hugo have their thing, Linda is still just like generally very happy for people and their accomplishments. Oh, yeah. Very supportive in all directions. <laughs> now, the next part is like probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. And there's a lot of good moments in this episode. It's probably, it's up there. I forgot how good this episode was, to be perfectly honest. Underrated, some might say. No, not by critics maybe by fans there's you know those very clear episodes that really stand out like the sexy dance fighting always stands out in my brain when i think of episodes because of the ponytail <laughs> ponytail brazil brazil this is a really good solid episode and it touches on a lot of things that i like there's a lot of dynamics there are a lot of parallels for movies which i'm obviously a big fan of anyways uh, <laughs> louise asks Jean. If he eats the mold, I'll give you five. And she doesn't even get to finish her sentence and Gina's already eaten it. Yeah, and Gina, make... Gina eat anything. Yeah, really. and he's making yum, 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 yum sounds. And then he says, Gargonzola. Now, here's my question for you. What is the weirdest thing that you've put in your mouth? Probably a leftover sandwich. Like how leftover? A scoop of anything in the fridge between bread. Oh, okay, I get it. Not just like a sandwich that's leftover. No, no, not a leftover, not a, not a leftover sandwich. A leftovers sandwich. A <laughs> sandwich. Yeah, I think it was mashed potatoes. I think we had beans. There was some kind of rice. I think there was like just loose chicken scattered about. Yeah, it was just a scoop of whatever in the fridge in a pile between two bread. That's not that weird. How about you? I mean, it's good. Uh, I mean, it's weird in the sense of the food flavors blending together. But I guess maybe because I know you so well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> when I was watching this episode... The thing that it reminded me of is that there was at one point my friends in high school had blindfolded me and took me downtown to an indoor uh, like amusement park. Mm -hmm. They used to hold at BC Place Stadium. And I remember on the way back, I don't must have been like ride adrenaline or what. But I kind of dared myself. Um, I was like, I'll, if someone buys me a Slurpee, I'll do this. And they agreed because a Slurpee back then was like, you know, $1.50. Uh, and I looked a SkyTrain pole. Oh. And I don't mean I just like put my tongue on it. Like I look probably a good four inches of it. Give it a good mile long slurp. 
gave it a good old slurp de slurp and that's what this made me think of it's just like gene doing anything for i guess i mean i guess it doesn't even get the five dollars just gene doing anything just gene doing anything in my notes i have gene lead anything just like teddy teddy possibly gene's real dad no don't get don't no bob and gene look a lot alike that's fair especially when we get to the episode where gene like has a mustache And he's little Bob. Yep. All right. You win. Right? You win that round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just, he just spends too much time with Teddy and picks up too many mannerisms. Maybe. I just think they're both weird kids. Like, Teddy is a weirdo. Yep. I feel like Teddy is the type of guy who was, like, in high school and was really into sports. Like, we talked about this already, right? That he, he would be the Archie version of Moose. Yeah. But maybe also, like, Moose with a couple too many concussions. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Moose had a storyline where he has very Yeah, yeah, add, add a couple on top of that, though, and then you get Teddy. Because oh. a couple, a couple more. Concussions so- made him friendly. <laughs> yeah, I think his uh, wife having sex with a dude dressed up as a seal might have done that. So there's a conversation between Bob and Hugo, where Bob so just asked, well, so do I put bleach on it, right? Because you think, you know, uh, mold that just kind of appearing, it's not like the black mold... I've had black mold before. That's awful. In an apartment and then trying to get your landlord to come in and clean it up. And then they bleach it, wipe it off, and then it just keeps growing back. So you're not solving the problem. You're just wiping off the substance. Just keeps on coming back. So Bob asks if he can put bleach on it. And Hugo is like really sarcastic. Oh, can I just put bleach on it? You can I just put bleach on it? And Bob says, I hate you, which I think is great. I like I like that a lot. And then Hugo promptly tells him that he has to close the restaurant down and the building needs to be tented for 48 hours that's pretty serious yeah like a little patch of mold i mean it's obviously hugo like abusing his power again right i would take it as hugo being excited about his new certification and wanting to use it to the most extent he can and not specifically to punish bob it could be more than one thing but i know when i was first certified as first aid attendant i wanted to bandage up everybody like oh man you stubbed your toe well let's wrap your foot up let's put you in a freaking splint let's whatever okay you're fine go back to work now it's like, you know, when you get a label maker and you have that desire to label everything in your house. Like my big bag of humans. Because I'm, I'm label maker certified. Bob makes a comment about there goes the weekend revenue. And I put, really? Because there never seems to be people in there. It's the weekend low. <laughs> the weekend low. <laughs> Linda is very excited because they have two days off and it's been 10 years. And Bob kind of protests and she's like, it's been 10 years. Yeah, she's real serious about that 10 years. She's been counting the years. Yeah, man. Linda deserves a vacation. They didn't, I mean, we find out in the episode that they never had a honeymoon. Yeah. Right? So they never had a honeymoon and they haven't been on a vacation for 10 years. So basically since before the kids were born. Yeah, I'm definitely sitting on a Bob mentality where I just don't track that kind of thing in my brain. It's like, oh, it's been 10 years. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, he doesn't make it seem like that, though. It's not a, huh, that's weird. I'm very much on Linda's side. She should go on vacation. At least take vacation days. Mm-hmm. Although they do do lots of, they close, they do do, they close the restaurant for lots of things later on in, in the seasons, but. Child. <laughs> do do. And they do a lot of things together as a family. And 
get into all kinds of scrapes and scrambles. Yeah, but it sounds like Linda wants a vacation. Yeah. There's like a difference between working in a restaurant all day long and then getting to snuggle on the couch or whatever. Like, at some point... Break the routine, get out of here. Right? Like, even if it's just going overnight somewhere, like, for a night and just go to a different restaurant, a different place, that's enough to kind of reset the soul, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Chicken soup with a reset button for the soul. Oh, my God. I read so many of those stupid books. Did you really? Yes. I... Why? My family was very religious, and my family just kept getting me those books. Because if I was going to read something, I was going to read something wholesome. Wow. I definitely had one of them. I don't think I actually read it, though. Because they were really popular for, like, a while. Because there was, like, chicken soup for the soul, and then there was chicken soup for the teenage soul, and chicken soup for the, you know, cat lover soul, and chicken soup for the... The young soul at heart, and chicken soup for the old soul, and chicken soup for the soul, volume two, and chicken soup for the soul to read on the toilet. Oh, yeah. Bathroom edition. Yep. Extra thick pages. Nice and waxed and glossy, so you couldn't drop it in the toilet by mistake. Do you think there's a chicken soup for the mold? <laughs> That's when you just splash chicken soup on the wall. <laughs> See? See how long it takes to grow into mold? See how long it takes to grow into a joke? <laughs> Outside, we see the restaurant get tented by two guys in hazmat suits on the roof. And outside, Hugo is screaming about dangerous killer mold and floating death sports. Yep. You think this is the start of Last of Us? Yeah, here. or like, like yeah, Contagion, or like, world, any, any sort of plague-esque zombie 28 months later 20, maybe this is the 28 month later sequel we never got tina asks gene how he's feeling gene says kind of nauseous a little lightheaded pretty good glad i ate it that was gonna be my bonus question if i felt like the other ones were too easy they were really easy though oh that's because we just saw the episode like three times in a row right now yeah no i would have remembered that my my brain has a way of now watching the episodes from a trivia lens oh yeah there's a podcast i listen to about the simpsons where they do trivia similar to this and one of them is very good at visual things and one of them is very good at listening things so there's a lot of times when the guy's like oh yeah what was the address of this store at this city and he's like rattling off numbers and whatever and the other guy like uh the other guy remembers just offhanded one note characters from an obscure episode like uh uh jackie gleason uh as uh constable whatever hugo punko from here to infinity good and it's fascinating watching them do trivia or listening to them do trivia yeah i'm not a big fan of like the address trivia or like unless it's not like prominent last week was the you know the um the punny advertisements yeah we're very clearly looking at that in the episode maybe mm -hmm. not the uh noki karaoke but all the other ones are like very clearly pointed out i don't mm -hmm. like background stuff I struggle with sometimes. But anyways. I, I try and find questions that are clearly visible and clearly are mentioned distinctly in the show. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just too much of nonsense. Yeah, like what were the colors of Mort's pillows on his couch? Yeah, no, I was going to remember that. And like, what is that? What is the significance of remembering that? Dumb trivia purposes. Dumb trivia. Whereas yeah. like asking, like I asked you last week about Andy and Ollie. That's good trivia. Because how do you tell the two characters apart? Gene is feeling kind of nauseous, a little lightheaded, pretty good. Glad I ate it. Louis says, you say that about everything. And Gene goes, yeah. <laughs> He's very excited. He's an excitable kid. He's a very excitable kid. Also, I think he has food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Mort and Bob have a conversation. 
Mort talks about how there's more mold in the morgue, morgue in the mold, mold in the morgue all the time. Particularly with shut-ins, there was one guy who looked like he had a putting green on his back. That's gross. Yeah, yeah, it was not a very good visual. Not a good visual at all. Unless he was a swarthy back hair gentleman and died at green. <laughs> That's not a good visual either. <laughs> That's a really bad visual. Mort asks them what they're going to do. Boss says they're going to go to a motel. Louise says they're going to tear into the mini bar. Jean says they're going to go on a bender. I'm going to drink Bailey's and unwind. <laughs> like, just so weird. I bet he gets that from his mom. Linda seems like a really wine gal to relax. Bailey's isn't a wine. Yeah, but the drinking to relax. Oh, yeah. Linda is like, she's wine o'clock. That's one of the things, it's probably one of the only things that I find very stereotypical about Linda is that she's the wine drinking mom. We kind of have to be with these kids and this husband. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We'll have to do a whole episode about, is Linda an alcoholic? I'm surprised you don't drink more wine with the shenanigans I get up to. Yeah, I don't like wine. Wine is not enjoyable. We'll see if you like the pesto colada mid-season. <laughs> mid-season pesto colada. Post-season pesto colada. Post-season, between-season pesto colada. Mm-hmm. offers his place, which I think is really nice. I feel like he immediately regrets it. Do you? A little bit. Because he yeah. offers to do a lot of things in this episode for them. Yep, but that, that definitely feels like a offering to be nice and not thinking about it until, oh, right, they have three kids and they've already trashed my place in the first two minutes. You think Mort's a people pleaser? Probably. That's no. why he hangs with Teddy and Bob. I feel like Mort can't be as successful as he is because this place is real nice, as we soon find out, and be a people pleaser. Because I feel like if he was a people pleaser, he'd be cutting everyone deals. I don't know. Death is a growth industry. Yeah. You make a lot of money. I thought about being an undertaker for a while. I feel like I'd be a corpse hefter. That's... What are you, like, from Victorian London? Bring out your dad. And just ring a big bell. Hefting corpses onto a cart? Okay, all right. You can mort you can mort all your way. You can be a mortician all you want, but you gotta have somebody to lift them bodies onto the table. Yeah, that's fair. That's the hard part. Linda asks if his space is spooky. Mm -hmm. Louise in the background is so unbelievably excited. Yeah, she's going bananas back there. Yeah. Mort's response to the spooky is, do I have a medicine cabinet full of corpse moisturizer? Does it make my skin soft like a baby? Oh, yeah. Is that's corpse moisturizer a real thing, you think? Oh, yeah, 100%. 100% has to be, right? Because, like... Gotta keep those corpses wet. Oh, why? Why did you have to say it like that? How would you say it? Moisturized. I wouldn't say corpse... Because I was like, you can't say wet. Because that's yikes. You definitely can't say moist. That's double yikes. Moisturized. Because you fill them with all sorts of embalming fluids. Right. And they're not naturally producing moisture anymore in the way that, you know, we drink water. Well, some of us drink water. Water is good for two things. Fishing and drowning in. <laughs> good. Yep. Good. Not for drinking. It is for drinking. You need to drink water. Most people's body is like 70% water. Yours is lucky if you're coasting at 40%. <laughs> well, I gotta be crusty on the outside like my soul is on the inside. You're as crusty as a baguette. As crusty as a Simpsons clown. <laughs> So yeah, Linda like immediately touches Mort's skin and talks about how, ooh, it's not even greasy. Come on, Tina, touch him. Tina doesn't want anything to do with it. And it's interesting because Tina has talked about her fascination with zombies and that she has like this romantic inclination towards them. And yet she seems very fearful to be in a space around corpses. So it must be like, I appreciate them in my imagination, but want nothing to do with them in the physical realm. Maybe she's not scared of them, but maybe she's scared of herself and what she'll do when she sees one. Triple X. 
Triple crown of yikes. <laughs> triple, this is tr- triple crown of yikes. So then we get the happy-go-lucky Weekend at Mort song. Weekend at Mort. <laughs> Weekend at Mort. It reminded me of the Peanut song. Yes. Peanuts like Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's it. But there's like a in in the song. There's like a little piano riff. That part. I, yeah. I feel like the when I was hearing them sing The Weekend at Mort's, that's like kind of immediately what came to my brain for some reason. Uh, Mort gives them the best tour ever. Here's an urn. Here's another urn. Here's an award I won for best urn. So he shows them the urn-shaped award he earned for best urn. Very good. You kind of already mentioned the music in this episode, but I really dig it. As they're kind of walking through the house, there's this ominous music playing. And there's this continuous sort of looming sound, very, like I mentioned, very horror movie adjacent. I really liked. Then it's immediately dispelled when they crack open the doors to Mort's place. Yeah. (laughs) Bob tells the kids not to climb on things, don't touch things, don't play with dead bodies. And if you do touch things, make sure you don't touch me after or something kind of along those lines. Tina asks Louise if he thinks he's going to have skulls. And Louise says, what do you think he eats soup out of? Which immediately reminded me of the resin skull bowls that you bought me. That have our nice flowers in them. Yeah, they're like little planters now. Because my bestie friend told me that you can't eat out of resin. Yeah. I, I, hey, I didn't know that. And here's Jean. Do you think he has a drawer full of gum he takes out of corpses' pockets? Because if he does, I want some. First of all, the audacity that that joke makes me laugh so hard. Who comes up with that? Do you think in the writer's room they just have one of those pin boards a la it's always sunny in philadelphia and just has like a note under gene that says weird shit in my mind the voice actors are in a room and saying a bunch of weird stuff and then they pick the funniest one or the weirdest one you're gonna get really disappointed by this i mean you should know this they don't record together yeah but they can get gene's voice actors start saying weird stuff his like, name is eugene merman by the way eugene merman to say weird stuff Oh, if there's gum in the pockets, I want the gum. Oh, if there's a pocket watch, I want to know what time it is. Oh, if there's... That's true. That's true. How many moths keep flying out of there? Do you (laughs) put them in a pin board? Like, whatever. And then they pick the one that's... The best? Yeah. Just let them kind of riff off. Eugene Merman is actually a very funny comedian. I follow him on Instagram. There you go. Even more. They got actual comedians who are doing stuff like that, so they would give them room to riff. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So Merch Place is actually very nice. And Linda emphasizes this by saying, I'm not horrified at all. <laughs> Until I mean, they it's... describe where he gets his furniture from. <laughs> yeah, he gets a lot of it's cheap because everything has had someone die on it, which I think is great. But, like, you didn't get your stereo equipment because someone died on it. Probably died under it. <laughs> Aww. I'm definitely picturing an anvil dropping from a window situation. <laughs> with a stereo yep. and the body just softened the blow yep Ooh. maybe mort's really good with his hands and can put it back together oh yeah maybe you have to be pretty good with your hands to like build just... coffins and make urns well they don't make things he just got an award for best urn i don't think he earned it ah. <laughs> shut up mort just offers to watch the kids he says he can be uncle mort for the weekend and then he looks as they're trashing his apartment yeah, Gene is playing with the stereo, Louise is climbing up a bookshelf, and uh, Tina is playing with the lamp that promptly falls on her. Also, 
<laughs> fun note, as Jean is tuning uh, around on the radio in the background, you can hear lifting up the skirt of the night from the shish kebab episode. Oh. Yeah, that episode is going to haunt me forever. Yeah, we're going to see so many of those characters in a minute. Yeah, yeah, but it's good. Uh, so yeah, he agrees to watch the kids to give Bob and Linda a break. And Linda says we can make it the honeymoon we never had. So like I mentioned, like they clearly don't get a break at all. Mort mentions that the bed in Linda and Bob's room had a guy who died on it from making, making love. Making love. And Linda promptly says it's a haunted honeymoon. Haunted honeymoon. Where the ghosts have lots of sex. I think Bob takes it the opposite direction immediately after that. That he's not going to make Sweet Whoopi on the bed. And Bob's style of vacation and Linda's style of vacation are two very different things. Yeah, I wonder what that reminds us of. Hmm. To be fair, I've been on vacation this whole week and I have not done a whole lot. I don't need to do stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. nice to be able to do stuff every once in a while. I also like to wear my lazy pants. Mm -hmm. Now that it's cold out, your lazy pants are much thicker. So they mention it being a haunted honeymoon and everyone starts making ghost sounds. Ooh, which I like. And then... Uh, <laughs> so we get into uh, Linda and Bob's room. Linda is very clearly flirting with Bob. She wants to make some whoopee. Mm-hmm. Make whoopee. And Bob seems like he's into it. <laughs> yeah, he starts taking off his pants. Linda's oh, like, gonna are, you gonna, are you going to slip into something more comfortable? And he does. Yeah, his lazy pants. <laughs> and then Linda, I guess, rationalizes and she goes, well, at least they come off easy. And then Bob says, now I'll get this guy out. Ooh, and aluminum lining. <laughs> and Linda seems very uh, happy about it. Yo. Bob pulls out a box of a model of the bus from the movie Speed. The bus that couldn't slow down. Bus from Speed. Bus from Speed. Bob mentions that it's a hobby back from when he could have hobbies. Yep. He likes to relax and turn his brain off and enjoy the thrill of the build. The thrill of the build. What's your hobby? I too enjoy the thrill of the build. <laughs> I am into Warhammer, which is pretty, not cool, but it's a good time. I'm also into reading a lot of books, cooking a lot of burgers, podcasting, and spending time in the Sea of Thieves with you. Ahoy. Ahoy. (laughs) Fun fact, Alexander Graham Bell, when he first invented the telephone, determined that the standardized greeting for answering the telephone was ahoy hoy. Ahoy hoy, which is why Mr. Burns does it in The Simpsons. Exactly. Do you So you would say that the Warhammer stuff is like your relaxing, turn off your brain type of hobby? Do you have anything where you get to turn off your brain? Building Warhammer models can be brain turning offy. Also looking for old coins and coin rolls and things like that. That's true. You do like to collect old coins and money. Mm-hmm. I found seven silver quarters from before 1968 recently, so that's cool. Woo! That's our retirement plan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've recently gotten into building miniature terrain for D&D, so that kind of shuts my brain up, which is nice. Because, again, most of my hobbies are, like, writing or playing D&D or things that are extremely social. I should have said D&D. Right. I mean, D&D is a hobby. Don't get me wrong. We're playing and, a, and a career these days. Huh. Yeah, for some of us. And, <clears throat> yeah. Bus from Speed. Bus from Speed. Uh, so Bob says he doesn't see the movie until the model is done. Have you seen the movie Speed? I don't think I have. You haven't seen Speed? Nope. Or Weekend at Bernie's? Nope. God, that's a tragedy. Let me tell you a little bit about Speed. Is it the act of going fast? It is the act of going fast. Nailed it. (laughs) It was a 1994 movie starring Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, Dennis Hopper, and Jeff Daniels. That is a star-studded cast. 
Uh, Dennis Hopper is, of course, no longer with us. And apparently this was known to be Sandra Bullock's breakthrough performance. She'd only been in two movies previously. One of them was uh, 1993 Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes uh-huh. and Sylvester Stallone. Oh, what about uh, Miss Congeniality? That comes in the later times. Oh, so close. Can you name another movie that is Keanu Reeves starring that isn't... Point Break, Matrix, The Lake House. Is that the time-traveling mailbox one? Yeah. Nailed it. Wedding Date, I think is what it's called. Him and Winona Ryder just recently did. All the John Wick movies. Fine. <laughs> I know Keanu Reeves movies. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That was the one I thought of first. Bill, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 2. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3. Can you name the tagline for those last two? No. Zed's dead, baby. I don't know. <laughs> so second one is uh, Bill and Ted Go to Hell. Nope. Bill and Ted Eat Dick. I don't know. What is it? Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey and Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what other Keanu Reeves movies is he in? He's in a lot of movies. He was a kid for a kid actor for a long time too. Was he? I feel like he was. What kid movies was he in? Uh, Hackers. He was not in Hackers. Empire Records. He's not in Empire Records. Twins. He's definitely not in Twins. Baby Geniuses. He could be. Maybe he's one of the babies from Baby's <laughs> Geniuses. Maybe in the Lake House he time travels back in time to baby form. And that just happens to be when Baby Geniuses is being filmed. And since his name already has that added reputation, they immediately hire him. And apparently he's a disaster to work with. Wow. Because babies are hard to work with, man. They're crying and pooping all the time. And as a teenager, he was probably in Star Wars as a stormtrooper. Uncredited. (laughs) Could be a clone trooper. I mean, everybody got to be a stormtrooper in the recent movies. Yeah, that's like, I think that's like a new thing, though, is that because all the Star Wars stuff are being run by, like, super big wiggy, wiggy folks. Haha, we're an evil corporation. <laughs> You're gonna get killed now. Yeah, probably. So Matrix Speed, Point Break, Matrix, Matrix, Matrix. I'm just looking. He was in the SpongeBob movie. Oh, he was in Toy Story 4. Who was he in Toy Story 4? Um, he's the Duke Kaboom. Duke Kaboom, yes! The French-Canadian stuntman on a motorcycle. Yeah, because Keanu Reeves is Canadian. Oh, Destination Wedding is the one I was thinking of with Winona Ryder. He was also in... Uh... Ah, Final Destination Wedding. <laughs> oh, God, that would be terrible. I was watching some awesome horror movie documentary stuff where they were talking about the Final Destination movies, and it reminded me how good they were. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen those? I have seen, I want to say, the first three. Yeah. That's why I don't like traveling behind logging trucks. Yeah. That was like exactly the scene that they were talking about was that whole thing. The premonition of the highway where the cars crash and then the log goes through the cop's car and like decimates the cop. Pretty good. Apparently a stuntman like directed, I think he directed the whole, he at least directed that part. Speed actually also won two Oscars. And one for best uh, sound effects editing and best sound overall. Which honestly totally makes sense to me. It's actually like, as far as action movies go, it's pretty up there. It's one of those action movies that doesn't take itself too seriously. Has a very simple premise and just like doubles down on how good it is. Action thriller. Yeah, the bus that doesn't slow down. Back to the episode. So Bob says he doesn't see the movie until it's done. So I did some math. If... Bob's Burgers is happening in our current timeline. And it's hard to say because they don't really make a lot of cultural references, which is one of the things they appreciate about the show. Doesn't age it. Maybe the Halloween costumes. Because Jean does dress up as Lady Gaga Goo Goo in one, one season. It's like one of my favorite costumes. Anyways, I was thinking about this. If Bob's Burgers is happening in our current timeline, so this means this episode came out in 2011, and Speed was released in 1994, and Bob says he doesn't watch the movie until he's finished the model, That means there has been a 17-year lapse between when the movie came out to present. How 
Has he been taking 17 years to make this model? It looked half started when he pulled it out of the box. Like there was one wheel on and a bunch of the walls of the bus were already set up. Yep, that's what I was thinking. So it looks like he started it 17 years ago and then got busy and it ended up just on a shelf. Do you think this happened on their last vacation 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's when he started putting it together. Yeah, you know what? I think Linda would be really wise to knowing that she wouldn't be getting the vacation of her dreams. Yeah. If that were the case. They didn't have somebody to watch the kids 10 years ago, so. That's true. Uh, Linda, you know, kind of dances around. Wouldn't it be more fun if we did something together? Mm. We could get manicures. We could go get couples manicures. We could get couples waxing. You could get a manzillion. It does bring to question how Harry Bob is down there. And we do kind of get a glimpse at it later in the episode. Bob makes a comment that I really don't like. He goes, that's service for people who are dating. We couple live together and that's better. Is it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love laying around in my lazy pants with you. And watching stuff. It's like... You know, top tier stuff. But I also like going on like little adventures with you, right? Yeah. So this idea of like once you've, you know, roped someone in, you don't have to make an effort. Not necessarily a big fan of that. I feel like Bob wants the vacation to be time alone for himself. And Linda wants the vacation is time together. And if they had talked it out and negotiated, they could have gotten the balance of both. That's true. So I feel like they probably do really good in like Mexico. Mm-hmm. On one of those all-inclusives, Bob could just hang out in the room or hang out in a cabana mm-hmm. and sleep. And Linda can go and do those like day adventures, go swim with sharks or snorkel or make a shell necklace or whatever the heck they do. And get really, and they can both get really drunk. I feel like if it was me and you and I were negotiating this, I would negotiate, give me some time to build my model. And once I'm done, I will take you out to dinner. And then you and I will go to the drive-in where I have paid the drive-in people to play speed for us. (laughs) That's cute. I like that. Linda basically storms out of the room. I'm going to go be all by myself on my honeymoon. Paul goes, it's not our honeymoon. (laughs) And then uh, he gets very excited because the bus model comes with a little Keanu. His pocket Keanu. His pocket Keanu. But he talks to a lot in this episode. Fun size Keanu. (laughs) Morton, the kids are cleaning tubes Mm -hmm. that I guess are used to fill corpses with embalming fluid. Gross. Go on. I mean, it's part of the. I get it. Doesn't mean it's not gross. Mort says, Hey, who wants to help me glue toupee on an old man's cadaver? Uh, Louise is, Yay, this is like camp. Yay, this is like camp. Tina is very upset by the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, she's very upset and Mort asks her, Tina, what's bothering you? Is it the wig or the cadaver? Tina goes, the cadaver. And Mort says the wigs can be scary. Hey, I get it. Your Nadja wig keeps appearing on different things and spooking the crap out of me. (laughs) We got a hairy gator hanging in the hallway. It's true. Mort encourages everyone to take five minutes, but to stay away from the computer, which is, of course, the thing you never say to children. Please don't touch that. Stay away from that. Don't go in this room, you know? But not for porn reasons. (laughs) I do like how he added that. Not because of porn. And, of course, we find out that Mort is on a dating site for morticians called Cremates, which is fucking chef kiss. It's so brilliant. Mort mentions that he got a message. He sent a winky message and they sent a kissy face back, which uh, Tina says is a really big deal. Louise encourages them to take the relationship to the real world, uh, which Jean exclaims is known as meat space. <laughs> and that's not M-E-E-T. It's M-E-A-T. And he says, yeah, meat space. Get into it, which I'm going to put on a t-shirt. Mort mentions that he's not ready. Louise makes a joke that, right, wait until you're ready. What are you, like 50? And he goes, 50? I'm 35. If you believe my dating profile, 
Uh, Just kind of actually shitty. You shouldn't lie on your dating profiles. You are single and looking for a partner, whether it is intimate or otherwise. Just be honest. Also, if you wait to be ready for anything, then you'll never be ready for anything. Wise words. Something to note here is while everyone is laughing, Louise sends a message to the woman. Uh, Louise exclaims, wash your hair, piece more. You're going on a date. Uh, and we cut to Bob in his room talking to the Keanu doll, which he does very similarly to the burger in an episode where he talks to a hamburger. Yep. Bob yep. and Keanu talk about what he's going to wear. Keanu says that he'd like a long sleeve shirt because it's something different. And then he goes, how about a tuxedo t-shirt? And Bob's like, no, nah, I don't like those. So he's like arguing with himself. It's very <laughs> strange. Seems like he's been drinking already. Yeah, Maybe. Uh, Linda returns. She says she just got back from salsa boot camp. She was a lonely little salsa eater. Yeah, I heard salsa eater and got <laughs> confused. Like, you went to salsa eating camp? That's weird. I got that the first time, too. And I was like, does she just not know what, like, salsa dancing camp is? Was she just sitting there while everyone else was dancing, eating, like, chips and salsa? That'd be uh, wild. And then we hear our mom and dad come quick and immediately puts everyone into a, a panic. You would hate it if I did that. What? Yell, ah, quick, come over here. Or something innocuous. Yeah, I would. Mort says there's just nothing. This is just silly. Uh, Louise mentions that Mort asked someone out on a date. Mort says it was the kid's idea. Louise proposed a romantic rendezvous for 8 p.m. tonight at the elegant Jimmy Pastor's. I don't think Louise could even spell romantic rendezvous. Really? She's like eight. So? Rendezvous is like a 12-letter word. She's a really smart kid. Yeah, smart, but not spelling. How do you know? I don't, but it feels too advanced for her. You heard it here, Louise. I'm not going to be surprised if I wake up and you're dead because she somehow burst through an animated TV show and came into her house and killed you for insulting her intelligence. And then she carves rendezvous in my skin, <laughs> but misspells it. Shut up. Bob gets really upset at the mention of Jimmy Pesto's. And Louise is like, I'm only, I'm a kid. I only know two restaurants and they have cloth napkin. Bob says, don't rub it in. Cloth napkins would save Bob so much money. Would it? Oh, yeah. You've seen. Those kids like use up all the napkins all the time, and people just grab napkins and leave. Like, don't even buy anything. Do people still do that? They just walk in and take napkins and leave? If Steven Universe is anything to believe, yes. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. The woman immediately replies to the, the message that Louise sends, and Mort says, is, is that too soon? Bob chimes in, not a good sign. I don't like either of those comments. It's very like typical masculine. It should be three days to message and how dare she be eager to meet him. She did reply, it's a date. See you at eight, which I thought was really cute. If she knows how to rhyme, then the date will be sublime. That's good. I like that. Mort suggests it's a double date, uh, probably because he's a little bit nervous. And there is a brief exchange where they try to determine who can babysit. And of course, it's going to be Tina. But let's be real, out of those three kids, who would be the better babysitter? I mean, if Tina had any sort of backbone to that, no, no, then it would be no. her. But... Character just as they are. Think of any... Jean, bo- I'd say. <laughs> she sits on the t- couch and watch TV. is like, hey, come on, can we do something? No, watch TV. Bring me cheese. All right. Is there any Bob's Burger character that you think would be a good babysitter? I feel like Teddy would be a good babysitter if he took them, like, in the later seasons when he goes on his route with Bob. I feel like the kids would be really good for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he goes on a big, long route and talks to all these people and hangs out with a bunch of dogs and does a bunch of stuff that the kids would be wild about. That's true. Yeah. And it's outside and exercise. Yeah, those are kids' favorite things, outside mm-hmm. and exercise. I mean, trick them into it. Okay, yeah. Here, fair. pick up this heavy thing and I'll give you candy. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Roll this tire into my truck and then we'll throw it down a mountain. Yeah. The last time Tina was in charge, the bathtub overflowed. 
Louise pushed Jean in a box down a set of stairs and they had a open fire in the living room where they were cooking dinner. So uh, probably not the best or safest plan. But the reality is that they're just going to Jimmy Pesto's they're right across the street. And also Tina is given the emergency cell phone. You know, they try and find a better babysitter later on in the seasons anyway. Let's see how that works out. It's true. Louise leans in very close to Tina and says, you bought the ticket, now you take the ride. Ugh. Bob only agrees for the double date on three conditions. Do you remember what they are? Uh, he's going to wear his lazy pants. Yep. He's going to drink a lot. Yep. And I don't remember the other one. It's only going to go for a couple of hours. Ah. We cut to Jimmy Pesto's, uh, where they are celebrating Pastafarian night, which seems like a really weird choice for an Italian restaurant. And uh, in 2022, uh, it's a little not great. Yeah. Cultural appropriation aside, Jimmy does know how to theme a restaurant. It's theme a fun night. It's true. We'll give we'll give Pesto that. He's a key is the good businessman, as Mr. Fishoder says, right? Yep. Also, Pastafarian is the meme religion that was made up around 2011 that uses a flying spaghetti monster as their deity. Yeah, I knew that. Flying spaghetti monster. There was like so many conversations and like message boards all about it. It was really weird. Plenty dumb, but also a fun fact based on Pastafarian. Pastafarian. Linda says she feels like we're in Jamaica. Ooh, Jamaican honeymoon. Pesto says come in for some garlic dreadsticks. And then any other attempt that he makes at puns. Because he's clearly written himself like a script for when people come in. Bob just straight up shuts them down. I appreciate that Jimmy stays in character and is trying to treat them like customers and not treat them like rivals in this case. And Bob just like isn't having it. And that's when Jimmy starts getting frustrated by Bob. Yeah. But when they first come in, their customers are like, oh, Jamaican, we're doing the thing. We're putting on the show and all that stuff. And also, Dreadsticks made me laugh really hard. Yeah, it was really funny. It was a good pun. Jimmy Pesto's good at the puns. And also, like you said, the fact that Bob came in and he still treated him like any other customer is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Especially after the last episode where he came in and tried to ruin his business. Yep. If they teamed up, they would be the ultimate business team. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, Jimmy could be the front man. Bob could be the kitchen. Isn't that how it always works? Rivals are like... They just combined their powers. And didn't do a racism at 9-11. Yeah. 9 January 6th. January 6th, yeah. With our powers combined, Captain Pasta. <laughs> Although I don't think Bob would want to make spaghetti, because he says that spaghetti is basically just boiling water. Yeah. But then they would have fancy spaghetti. That's true. Like Bob would get hard into the sauce. He would get lost in the sauce. <laughs> Tina is giving herself a bit of a pep talk. She was born to be a babysitter. Oh, and it's yeah. time to sparkle. Tina talks herself. You're a born babysitter. Tina brings the fun. Now sparkle. Hey, Jean. Do you want to play a game or sing a song? I don't know where that voice comes from, but it's great. It sounds like a saw voice to me. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? Would you like to play a game? Or sing a song? <laughs> Louise, the constant critic, says, you're dying out there, kid. Everybody hates you. <laughs> uh, Tina asks if she should call for help on the emergency phone. Their emergency phone is a real 90s chic flip phone. Flip phone, like yeah. Like a Motorola Razor. Or one of those Nokias. Ooh. Nokias are like the undestructible phone. Not on the not the flip phones, like Nokia like little bricks. Oh, yeah, the brick phones. Yeah, good, good. Louise wants to wander around the morgue unsupervised. Tina asks if it would be scary. And Louise says, don't babysit from here, points at her head. Babysit from here, points to her heart. And Tina says, my boob? Yes. Babysit from your boob. What is your boob telling you? Explore the morgue. Explore the morgue? 
Exactly, let's go. <laughs> and then Jean starts screaming and says, sorry, I'm just hungry. I feel like that is me when I get hangry. Uh, we go back to Pesto's where Pesto is singing about ZD. I don't know if this is an episode in consistency, but it kind of bothered me. And it's dumb that it bothered me. But Pesto is singing a song about trying the ZD tonight. And Linda says, oh, they're playing our song. We literally just had an episode where L- Linda was talking about the baked ziti being like her worst day ever. And now she wants to say or share a ziti song with Bob. I think she wants to share anything with Bob yeah. at this point. Like, come on, I don't care what it is. Anything that was about to be played, I'm going to say is our song. If that's what it takes to get you up and moving around. Yeah, of let's just, jerk. I just need you to connect with me right now. Yeah, but Jerk Bob is back. Jerk Bob has returned with a vengeance. Mort's date arrives. And there's this romantic music and there's a zoom in very much like any romantic comedy first meeting or meet cute. As they're introduced, her name is Samantha. (laughs) Linda says that it's their honeymoon and their first time in Jamaica. Yeah, it is our first time and last time meeting Samantha. (laughs) Shut up. A fun note here is that uh, Mort is actually drinking a pesto colada. I am very curious as to what Bob is drinking, because Bob is drinking from one of those giant fishbowl-type glasses. It looks like a regular pina colada color. It's not a pesto colada? Not green enough. Why would you offer a non-pesto colada in your restaurant, though? Bob probably would fight somebody if somebody gave him a pesto colada. (laughs) Anything with the pesto name? Yep. Mort makes a really creepy comment about embalming her with his eyes all night, which I guess is a... Yeah, I know you think that's serial killery, but... She makes a comment about smelling like embalming fluid. It's like their special language, Linda says. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Uh, We cut to the shot of the kids at the top of the stairs of the morgue, and it's like an upward shot. It's a shot from the bottom of the stairs looking up at them, which I really appreciate. It's a very classic horror movie type of shot. And there again, there's great music in the background. Louise is a jerk and says, Tina, I'm sure you want to go first to protect us. Uh, And then says, well, before you go, let's hug. And steals the phone. The and, Louise fast hands. Yeah, she does have little quick hands, eh? Yeah. Tina is hugging Gene. She calls him a good boy. And he goes, weird. <laughs> You're a good boy. You're a good boy. Mm. Do you think there are dead bodies in the casket? And Louise mentions that with all this green mold going around, you better hope not. Because green mold turns bodies into the living dead. Now, if that isn't a synopsis for a zombie horror movie, I don't know what is. It sounds like one of those lines in the movies where they're giving you the exposition. They're basically telling Foreshadowing. you. Foreshadowing? They're telling you the story without, like, they're giving you the information without showing you the information. Yeah, exposition. Because Tina looks very uncomfortable this whole time. And Louise goes, aren't you a zombophile? And Tina says she has a complicated relationship with zombies. They're dangerous, but I love their swagger. You know, in the background, while they're walking around and saying these things, Mort has, like, coffin dioramas and posters showing the cuts of wood that he needs to make his coffins. And I thought that was very cool. So Mort must be really good with his hands to be that good of a woodsmith. Oh, so that certainly explains why he won best urn then. Well, I assume that he's got a pottery table in the back and he likes to hang out with ghosts. <laughs> That's good. There had been a previous comment about Gene not wanting to go downstairs because he forgot who sings Funky Town and he needed to look it up. And suddenly he remembers that Funky Town was performed by Lips Incorporated. I knew that even before he said it. I also knew that. Funky Town is pretty much my favorite song wild man that i know anything about music that's your favorite song oh uh quick aside to any of my D players who do any bard related shenanigans 
don't listen to this because that is also my answer for all bard-related puzzle quests. It's good. Uh, we cut back to Pestos, where Bob says, every time they say something weird, I'm going to take a drink. Samantha immediately brings up, weirdest thing you found in a human body. Do you remember what all the things were? I remember football and light bulb. And a far side calendar. What, really? <laughs> and lots and lots of tumors. Ugh. There's this gag about uh, Samantha and Mort because they start to finish each other's sandwiches. Linda is very clearly trying to get Bob to play along and he just simply isn't having it. Yeah, I don't know. Jerk Bob is just going out in full force today. It's yeah. ridiculous. I mean, I get it. Like, he wants to be making his model and stuff, but like, bro, don't get married. Don't have a wife who obviously likes to do things. Have a conversation. Sort it out. Instead uh, of being a grumpy puss the entire time. A grumpy puss. A grumpy puss. A grumpledy grumpledy grew. <laughs> um, there's a comment when we get back to the morgue about how it smells moldy and corpsey. Louise hides the cell phone in the coffin. Uh, so this is like, when you say that Louise doesn't know how to spell a rendezvous, this is where I would challenge that because there are so many levels to this prank. Like, she's a smart cookie. She also reads really weird voodoo books. Skims really weird voodoo books. All right, fine, fine, fine. But there's a difference between knowing how to spell things and then having creativity and prank prankitude. She also watches a lot of anime, and that usually has subtitles, so there's lots of reading involved there. Oh, yeah. Slam dunk! I, I okay, anyway, so she puts the cell phone in the coffin and calls it and makes it rattle and vibrate. That sound is exactly the same sound my stomach makes. <laughs> what does it sound like? Do you need some hay? Hey, hey, you, you get off of my cloud. That's a music. It is a music. Good for you. It's two musics in one episode. Louise goes, haha, it was only my phone. And uh, she answers it and then offers it to, oh, she goes, oh, hey, it's a stranger. And offers it to Tina because Tina is obviously the responsible child. Yeah. And in a creepy voice, she goes, have you checked the children? Have you checked the children? And uh, Tina answers, mom? No, I'm a zombie. Ooh. Uh. No, I'm also a murderer. And the kids scream. And if you watch, when you're watching the episode, one of the things you'll notice is Louise actually starts the screaming to basically distract them. And again, like, this is like next level. I don't even, I can't even say that it's a prank. It's not, it's malicious. <laughs> next it's level psychological torture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's not a shenanigan, right? It's an evil shenanigan. Back at Pesto's, Samantha and Mortar dancing and Linda's dancing by herself. She does that cool lasso move to try and get Bob to participate. She goes, are you drunk enough to have any fun yet? Which I like. Yes. Then Hugo enters. They, him and Pesto greet each other. Like, as if they're pals. So do you think they've, like, bonded in their adversary with Bob? It wouldn't surprise me. In fact, I bet it was Jimmy, with his binoculars and hiding spaghetti, that spotted the mold and sent Hugo in. Oh, that's interesting. And I'm not sure exactly what sends Bob off the rails, but he does snap. I don't know if it's seeing Pesto and Hugo together. Maybe it's a culmination of just everything that's been going on. And now also he is drunk. But there's like these flashes of red and then cutting to different pictures of this episode. There's like Sam and Mort dancing. There's Linda. There's Hugo and Pesto. And then he's like, that's it. I'm getting out of here. Bob Zerk. Bob is my favorite. Yeah, he goes, Bob Zerk. Hugo tries to dance with Linda, which is funny. She's doing the lasso move. 
And Linda says, fine, go, you sour blanket. Uh, which is fantastic. Because obviously she doesn't have her, I don't know, what it would be, analogy? So something like that, actually, there's a word for that, where metaphors are mixed up and things like that. It's called a malaphor because they're both bad. Oh, okay. So she malaphors because it was very clearly either sourpuss or wet blanket. Yep. Right? Bob, drunk, says he's going to go finish his speed bus. And we hear that, speed bus! Speed bus! He hears the kids as he goes back into Mort's and they're asking for help and he heads downstairs. Only after Pocket Keanu tells him that they're downstairs. That's true. Yeah, Pocket Keanu kind of whispers in his ear. And he finds a coffin, and he's like stroking the inside of it. He's like, what is that satin? And he climbs into it and says, probably my favorite line of the whole episode, somebody close my bed. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he looks to Pocket Keanu for confirmation on things that he probably already knows or is going to do anyway. And the fact that Keanu's been in his pocket the entire time. (laughs) Keanu was at the restaurant with him. Luis has locked the kids in. To, I'm assuming, like, the embalming room. Louise says that she ate the key. Yep. And then they start hearing these awful sounds outside. Which is obviously Bob snoring. Drunken snoring. Which is way different than normal snoring. I mean, it's about the same as my snoring. Well, I've never seen you drunk. And I probably never will. Probably not. And I'm probably grateful that for that. Because your regular snoring is pretty bad. Yeah. Just like my regular snoring is pretty bad also. Your deep breathing is fine. <laughs> With the sound of the the noise outside, Louise actually gets scared and confesses that she has the keys. And she just says, I won't get fooled again. I'm the babysitter. Louise did this, but she didn't do that. Yeah. Each of them grab a weapon. Uh, They grab a mallet, a stick, and pipe or tubing. And they start to tape the coffin closed with their grand scheme of cremating it. Now, just to recap, Louise freaked out all of the other kids into thinking that zombies were coming from this green mold. And now they are about to cremate their father. (laughs) Yep. Bob comes to and is obviously pleading for them to stop. One of the kids says, trying to sweet talk us. Someone says, classic zombie. (laughs) Then they start pulling a bunch of levers to try and get the uh, crematorium to work. Levers? Do you mean robot wieners? (laughs) Again, Gene. Yep. I don't... But that... When I think of robots having genitalia, and I don't think about that very often, to be perfectly honest, I don't know if I would imagine a lever. Because they were just like a metal tube with a giant bulbous ball at the end. Like, that would be really uncomfortable. It's multi-purpose. <laughs> yep. Good. Linda is drunk and says, who says you can't enjoy a honeymoon by herself? On the stage. She's just taken over the stage. And then she t- unhooks the microphone from the stand and looks like she's about to do a five-minute comedy spot. And says, or a dramatic, inspirational Thor speech. Well, I mean, I guess, kind of. She goes, a woman knows when another woman is aroused. Is that true? No. Okay. I don't even know when I'm aroused half the time. That's fair. At this point, the coffin is, is on fire, and Bob screams, superhuman strength, let's go. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of a real thing, where adrenaline kicks in, and you're, like, trying to save yourself with, like, the last ounce of But do you summon power? it? Like, if I just went... Fly! Go! Let's go! Like, I would just start flying. I'm not flying, by the way, guys. I feel like you'd have to summon it through the knowledge that if you don't, you'll die. So it's less summoning and more of situational necessity. All right. It did definitely remind remind me of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie where he says, go, web, go. (laughs) And hurts his back so bad and it comes back as a thing later. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. They get Bob out just sort of in the nick of time. The coffin clamors to the ground, cracks open, and Bob comes spilling out in his underpants. Because at some point when he's in the coffin, too, he mentions what? Oh, the pants come off after uh, Mort comes back. Nope. Yep. No. Yep. He takes the pants off when he's in the coffin. Yeah, he does. Okay. Because he's dying. And he Five goes, bucks. Pull up the episode. Five bucks? Yeah. All right, we're going to take a pause here, folks. We got to settle a bet. And we are back. So, despite the fact that he says he's going to take his pants off, he actually doesn't take them off, and they fall out after the casket opens. After Mort and Samantha show up making out hard. Bob gets out just in the nick of time, and Mort and Samantha come in, clearly making out. Bob asks how the date is going, and basically makes Mort and Samantha say that they love each other. He goes on this brief tirade about, I face death more. You don't make the model of life. You watch the movie of life. You play the game of life. Bob says that you, they have to get in the mood to make some mortician babies. Get in the mood to make some mortician babies, you two. Meanwhile, we cut again to Linda dancing salsa in Jamaica by herself. <laughs> Back downstairs, Samantha asks if the embalming table is disinfected. Tina says that she'll get rid of the kids, and she grabs Louise and Jean by the ears, which I really liked. And then Bob comes upstairs wearing his underwear, and Pesto yells, I can see your downstairs dreadlocks. You know, Hugo covers his eyes in this and then takes a little peek from behind his hands. Yeah, I mean, he's curious. I'd be curious about my competition. He's Bob curious. <laughs> uh, Bob says, I took off my lazy pants. Did you notice? Do you care to couples dance with me on our haunted Jamaican honeymoon? Aww. Uh, and while they're dancing, he spots green mold on the wall in Jimmy Pesto's and starts to laugh. He actually does this really cool dip with Linda to show the wall, uh, to show her the wall, I should say. Dips are hard. Yeah. Good for him. It's a beef strength. And he mentions that there is green mold. Pesto goes, ah, crap. And Bob and Linda start sort of chanting, we win, we win, we win. And then Hugo says, ah, just put some bleach on it. And that's the end of the episode. What? Then we jump into our fantastic ending song. Yeah, it's a pretty great ending song. Weekend at Mort. Weekend at Mort. Let's do some trivia. Robot voice. Oh, you know what that sound means. It is time for trivia. I'm not ready. I haven't consulted my notes. Or fortune tellers, or my star chart, or... Or a secret patch of mold that is telling you about something from somewhere else? <laughs> about someone or something, from warning me of someone or something? Yeah. Yeah. Trivia at Mort's. So as you know, for our trivia, we ask questions with an increasing difficulty as they go along. Question one is worth one point. Question two is worth two points. And question three is worth three points for a total of six. That is true. Yeah. And I will be asking the trivia questions today. That makes me the trivia master. And I have an easy question for you to start with. All right, give it to me. What food does Jimmy advertise via song in this episode? Ziti. Well, to be fair, he advertises two foods. Mm-hmm. He advertises ziti mm -hmm. and he also advertises cannolis very good i needed both for you to get the point Were, was part of your question that there are two things my question was what foods does jimmy advertise by a song in this episode you should add that there are two answers you started answering before i could finish yeah well maybe you should 
ask more quickly. He's their Ron Perlman, answerer <laughs> of questions. <laughs> but it's not a baked ziti. All right. And for your medium question, worth two points, what kind of honeymoon do Bob and Linda go on in this episode? I am looking for two descriptors. Uh, haunted in Jamaican. Can I get it all together, please? <clears throat> a haunted in Jamaican honeymoon. Can I get that with a little jazz? It's a haunted in Jamaican honeymoon. That was a bit Midwest, but I'll take it. <laughs> And for your hard question, where three points has three answers, describe what happened in the three instances where Tina was in charge. You didn't even have to look up the answers because I know this. In the first scene, it is the bathtub that is overflowing. Gina's standing on the toilet, I believe, and dives in and screams, free swim! Very good. In the second one, Louise pushes a cardboard box down the stairs and screams special delivery. Yep. At the bottom of the stairs, Gene rolls out. Very good. And in the last one, it is hobo dinner, and Gene and Louise are cooking hot dogs on an open, on-fire trash can in the living room. Ding, ding, ding. We got <laughs> a wiener hobo dinner wiener yeah congratulations that is six points for you that puts you at a respectable 33 versus my 17 and a kind of half <laughs> still not double yet yeah but if we keep matching points you're not gonna hit double in two episodes unfortunately yeah you're not gonna keep matching points though we'll see we'll see it'll be your turn to question next week and then we'll see if i match points with you that's true all right and on to the burger of the day the burger of the day this week was the i've created a monster burger which is great it's a great pun it's actually a double pun because it's I've created a monster, which is like a Frankenstein reference. And then Monsters, which was a TV show about spooky things. Also perfect for this time of year since we are recording this just after Halloween. Just after All Hallows Eve. Mm-hmm. So the way I made this burger, uh, I made the patties the same as I always do. Garlic powder, salt, pepper, breadcrumbs, egg, and ground beef all mushed together. And using my super awesome brand new burger patty press that my webmistress got me. For those of you who can't see, Kim is nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> we also have fries on the side, which was pretty great. Yeah, the fries were great. Nice, like, chunky steak fries. So for this burger, it asked for Munster cheese, which I... Couldn't find, so I had to re replace with Gouda. Which was good enough. Uh, and it asked for mushrooms. Kim and I dislike mushrooms immensely. Dislike is not... Strongly dislike. Dislike with power. If I could make one food on this earth completely disappear without it affecting the ecosystem, because I care about the ecosystem, it would a thousand percent be mushrooms. I would eradicate them from existence. All types of fungus, just gone. You would eradicate them from existence or eradicate them as a food? Would you just make them all poisonous to humans? Just to humans? Yeah, maybe. That actually sounds delightful. All right, they could all be poisonous to humans and be fine for animals. That way I'm not messing with the ecosystem. There you go. That All fixes right, everything. Done. Great. Done. So I sautéed these mushrooms after slicing them up in, are you okay? <laughs> I'm making vomit faces because the idea of eating mushrooms. Sautéed mushrooms in a pan with butter until they were cooked thoroughly. You would think butter would save things because butter usually saves most things because butter is just like delicious fat. It did not. No. Nope. Butter failed us. And as a bonus, I even mushed the mushrooms together between two thick slices of Gouda cheese to try and mask them. Yeah, that didn't work. No, nope, not quite enough. So the burger was bottom bun, Boston slash butter lettuce, the patty, slice of Gouda, mushrooms, more Gouda, ketchup, top bun. I did like the butter lettuce, I have to say. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. It was like a it had like has like the texture of a spinach, but like a more buttery huh, flavor. Buttery smooth. Buttery smooth. And anybody who's been with us and listening to any of our episodes know that we have a twenty point chart here each with four categories, five points apiece, to determine how good a burger is. Get ready for this one, guys. Get ready. I'm sensing a strong emotional resonance. Oh yeah. This one we start with umami. Just savoriness. Indeed. My co-host was nice enough to make us one burger with the mushrooms and then made one without them. The one without the mushrooms was actually pretty tasty. So had a decent mouthfeel. I mean, you can't really go wrong with melted cheese on a hamburger. The one with the... Oh, no, we're doing savoriness. The one (laughs) was savory. The mushrooms, savoriness. I'm giving it a one for the burger and the lettuce and the cheese alone. Wow. But the mushrooms destroyed it. Destroyed any savoriness for me because all I could taste was mushroom. The cheese was good. Good Gouda was a good replacement. Well, I guess that puts a difference between us because I was going to say like two and a half. So I could ignore the mushrooms for the most part, but the way I eat is very much in my mouth and swallow. Like a duck? Yep, exactly like a duck. Wow. I'd say you eat more like a duck. Well, some kind of farm animal anyway. When it comes to mouthfeel though, I dislike the Zero. texture of mushrooms. It's always been a thing, always gives me vomitous feelings. But again, because it was smothered in cheese, I was able to ignore it so I can give it a two for that zero the moment my teeth bit into the little slices of mushrooms i wanted to projectile vomit across the house i think i managed three bites and i was done pushed my plate aside and was like yo finito so i ate extra fries and and the the other burger yeah so a big old zero you mushroom burger how dare you get a really great name and be disgusting how do you feel about emotional resonance well see i would normally when i get very sort of riled up fired up about something i would give it a five but i don't want to give this a five (laughs) i really don't it doesn't deserve it i'm gonna give it a i guess i have to can be consistent fine i can have five i'm so glad you saved up all your vomitous intent for on microphone I have to, man. This is the money maker. I mean, it would be. Yeah, if, if you people use, bought our book. If you guys used your Amazon affiliate link more. But yeah, fine. I'll give it five because I had very strong emotions, even if they were unfavorable. Yep. Rage, disappointment, disgust, vomit. That's a feeling. Yep. Uh, I'm probably going to sit on a three for that one because similar, but because I was just ignoring it and just like getting it down my gullet. <laughs> It was fine. I think I probably wouldn't eat this burger again for re-eatability. Zero. I'm going to go for a two because, like, it's zero. too many mushrooms. Not a fan. Zero. 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 I wow. think this burger is getting a hot six for me. It is. That is six for you and nine and a half for me. That eat is a... still below, like, the halfway threshold. Yeah, eat a dick, mushrooms. Wow. Is there anything you liked about this burger? I told you. The, anything but the mushrooms was fine. I also probably would have liked it if the bun was toasted. Probably going to have to start doing that from now on. Thank you for listening to License to Grill, brought to you by Ultimate Tabletop Network. Don't forget to return next week for Season 1, Episode 12, Lobster Fest. If you want to cook up some burgers of the day for yourself, please check out the link in the podcast description for our Amazon affiliate link to the Bob's Burgers Burger Book. It is delicious. It has so many good recipes. And also a couple of really bad ones. Yeah, anything with mushrooms. Or okra. (laughs) I like the okra. Well, then you get a copy of the book. And you get a copy of the book. And you get a copy of the book. And while you're looking at our podcast description, please check out our link tree and connect yourself to our Twitter and other social media accounts. We try and post some fun stuff and let you know when each episode drops. Indeed. And with that, good night all my bun buddies. Bye! Rats all, folks. Rats all, folks. Weekend at Morts. We're gonna have a weekend at Morts. We 
weekend at Mort's. We're gonna have a weekend at Mort's.